Well, my name is Derek Weirish. I'm the president and CEO of Palladium One Mining. Palladium One is a PGE green energy metals focused company operating in tier one jurisdictions, Finland and Canada specifically. We have a very strong institutional shareholder base and we are well financed to advance our strategy of developing large scale resources in both jurisdictions. Derek, good to see you. And thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Now you're going to help me a little bit here because I think myself, like a lot of people out there, don't really understand PGE. The PGE space is uh, just a mystery. It's a black box, and I want to understand more because I think there's opportunities. If I'm looking at the price pricing, uh, there, uh, you know, equity should follow at some point. One, one imagines. Um, so, right, your your company, you're in Finland, you're in Canada. Um, let's just kind of focus on the PGE bit today, if I may. But first, let's start with you. What's your background? What have you done? I'm a Canadian chartered accountant by a background, been in the mining space for 15, 16 years at this point in time, and is currently sitting on a couple of boards. Prior to uh, this, I was involved with the, uh, the restructuring of uh, Jaguar Mining. Immediately prior to that was the, uh, the sale of uh, Andina Minerals, which is a large gold project in, uh, in Chile. Right. Okay. So what's the other board that you sit on? Cabral Gold. Cabral, ah, oh, we know Cabral, we like Cabral. Um, in fact, I think I'm chatting to him next week. Um, good company. Uh, right. Well, Magna Mining. Okay, yeah, and, and we've had those guys on as well. In fact, we should get them on again soon. Um, talk to me about the, the team around you, because you're a chartered accountant, right? This is the, we're in mining, it's, it, it can get technical. So uh, who's supporting you? The, the guy really on the ground making the decisions with regards to uh, the exploration programs and advancing them on a day-to-day -day basis is Neil Pettigrew. He's a PGO based out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. He's got you know 20 plus years of experience in this sector and um, he's extremely uh, well supported as well by uh, Peter Lightfoot, who's on our board of directors, former chief geologist for uh, Inco Valley. Okay, fine. And so, so have you entered this? Why, why are you the president and CEO? Quite honestly, there is a, a dormant Vancouver shell a number of years ago, about, about two and a half years ago, that um, some shareholders thought needed a management change, and they asked me to uh, step in and uh, restructure the company. I do have a bit of a restructuring background. I've been doing it for about 30 years. So... Um, yeah, I took the uh, the seat, and uh, we've been advancing the uh, the projects, and uh, I think driving a lot of value from what we've been doing. Okay, so restructuring is is is, is, a, is, is quite an art. So you brought these new faces in here, or were they already there? I just want to be clear. No, it's a brand new team. Perfect. Board man changed hundred percent. Right, and what about the assets? You're, we're sitting in Finland. Let's talk Finland first. I mean, was that already there? It was already there. It was actually an asset that I was trying to acquire uh, previously, but wasn't getting any success. So it was uh, nice that it was sitting there ahead of you, that it was a uh, you know robust system. There was something to be done, but it had been dormant for uh, quite a few years. So we basically dusted off the files. You've dusted off, right. So, but it, uh, so I decided to leap in. I'm just, I'm just going to show I want to set the scene in my, in my head first, and, 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 and we can get into the detail in a second. So you've also got uh, assets in uh, Canada, but they're, they're different, completely different. So how, how did those two sit together? Well, the Tyco asset was actually the one that uh, was the listing vehicle or the listing asset for the company, and it had been sitting dormant as well. And do you think uh, it has any value? Any has it got any value today? I think it's got a tremendous amount of value. It's certainly got a lot of people excited because it's exceptionally high-grade intercepts. 
we had a fantastic uh, discovery about a year ago, and it's really caught the, uh, the market's attention. Still earlier stage than where we are in Finland, but uh, when you're putting out drill intercepts of 10% nickel equivalent over four meters starting at the surface, that's pretty good. And so the, there's, there's no intent to spin that out. It's, it's a case of de-risking different jurisdiction, different commodities. You're happy with that mix at the moment? Well, no, I, I think there, there's a credible argument to say to split the company into, into two assets. You can make the argument that they should stay together because they're all green metals or green transportation related because in, in Canada, it's really nickel copper is the dominant metals. And in, in Finland, we add the PGs and the, and the predominance of expected revenue is going to be on the PG side of things, which goes into transportation as well, but they are, are different. So um, we don't have any set plans right now, but I think once we are very comfortable that both entities can stand on their own and not become a, you know, a, a micro cap that doesn't get any love in the market, then we would uh, look at that. Or perhaps there's somebody who can knock on our door that uh, wants to monetize one or the other. Happy to have that discussion at the right time. Yeah, it's kind of interesting one, isn't it? It's like some, sometimes people say, oh, yeah, you know, it it's, makes sense to, you know, de-risk by having, you know, d different options on the table in case some, something goes wrong in, in one sector or commodity. Others say, well, it's a very confusing message and a confusing narrative in the marketplace. At some point, you've got to make a call. So at the moment, it's a waiting brief because things are working out fine in terms of the drilling on each. And then, Yes, but Tyco also, I don't believe, is mature enough to stand on its own just yet. We need to advance it a little bit more. But I think what people need to appreciate is when you look at the, the ratios that we have in Finland, Okay, and I assume the metal ratios when we do our upcoming resource uh, later this quarter are going to be fairly consistent. But we basically have a 50-50 split between precious metals, so palladium, platinum, gold, and battery metals, cobalt, copper, and nickel, right? So we're 50-50 there already. So yes, the Canadian asset adds, once we get to the resource stage, it's going to add more on the copper nickel side of things. But we're already in that space, even if we just stick with Finland. Right. Okay. Well, maybe me to kind of row it back a bit and say, like, right. Okay. You're you're turnaround um, expert. You put the team together. You've got a couple of assets sitting in there. At you know, it's like slightly different stages, but you know, both fairly early. It was like so. The the, the plan or the the brief to you when you were brought in was to do what? Turn is turnaround is one thing, but you know, a, a growth plan is another. So, what, what was your vision? Well, the first step was that uh, when I was asked to step in, the, the shareholder said, look, we think there's an asset here in Finland. We're really not sure. Can you take a look at it? So that's what we did. It was the first order of business to, first of all, secure the asset, then assess the historical data, reinterpret the, uh, the information, reassay, et cetera, et cetera. And that culminated with an initial resource for the company in September of 2019. And it was a sizable resource. Palladium equivalent was about 1.2 million ounces. And it, and it got people's attention. It allowed us to raise enough money to go to the next step because we, the, you know, the thesis of is there a real asset here was proven, but it wasn't really of a, a size where it was critical mass. So you could say, yeah, clearly there's a, there's a mining scenario here. So, you know, given what we have in terms of the asset, it's quite large. We know it's been reconnaissance drilled already. We have all the historical data. We said, okay, there is a thesis here. This thing could grow quite a bit. So we raised a little bit of money, 
to start in 2020 and uh, you know hit, hit it hard from an exploration perspective. Unfortunately, COVID, like so many people, uh, sidetracked us. But we did have a fantastic discovery in uh, in August of 2020. And since that time, we've had a lot more market attention and we've been focused on doing the definition drilling to dramatically expand the, uh, the existing resource. And that's in what we call the Kakua area. And that will be uh, published later this quarter. So the thesis was, you know, first of all, is there something there? Yes. It, it is real. Yep. Can it grow? Yep. So we're just working our way down that continuum. And if the resource that we publish here demonstrates critical mass, I think you'll see us moving towards the PEA very quickly. Okay. So that, that well, it kind of answers partially starts to answer some of the next question, which is right. So that's that's the game plan. The the strategy you're well, you started to to outline there. Um, it, if it kind of feels like it hasn't. Yeah, okay, you got hit by impact. You got impacted by COVID. Yeah, because we we saw, we saw the uh, massive interest. Um, you know, after September last uh, twenty nineteen, COVID comes along, you dip. You recovered quite well, and you saw dizzy heights of you know head, heading up towards forty cents, right? And then it came off in the middle of, of of last year. Do you think that you're moving at the pace the market expects you to? Do you put the that coming off down to the fact that I guess precious metals more broadly came off in you know the the, the second half of last year? I mean, because you know this, the strategy is really important here because it, it you've you've got to talk to the market in a way that uh, informs them and educates them as to you know what you're doing specifically and how you're going to get to what, whatever outcome it is that you're you're, you're um, targeting. No, absolutely. So in the latter part of 2020, after we had that discovery, we started getting a lot of interest from various institutions. But quite frankly, the problem we had at that time was that we had an incredibly large warrant overhang. And those warrants were going to be expiring in December of 2020. So those all got, uh, like say for maybe 100, 200,000, they all got exercised. So we actually had over 60 million, 70 million shares trade in the market as a result of warrant clipping that put us into a very good cash position. So we closed, I think it was December 2nd at about 15 cents per share. And um, immediately the, uh, the share price without that overhang took off and we were able to complete a, a bought deal short form prospectus financing at 29 cents and we announced that only a month later and then unfortunately shortly thereafter we had the next tranche of warrant hang overhang which was hitting us in april and may of 2021 so it, it's yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah the trials and tribulations of being a mining ceo um you know the market market will 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 we'll come and remind you it's there um at the slightest provocation. But see, there's, there's, there's some money raise, which was, and people, people have come in at much higher rates than, than, than today. What can you say to them about the strategy or what you're hoping to, to do? You can only control what you're, you can control, right? Um, and the market has come off more, more broadly, not just you, your peers too. But what do you think it's going to take in 2022? You've got to, obviously, you talk, you, you, being very clear and talking about this um, resource, the Q1 now, do you think it's going to be enough? Because you know, sometimes catalysts come and go and no one really cares. Well, that's true. And the other backdrop that we're faced with right now is the global chip shortage, which is affecting automotive sales. 
and and the you know platinum and palladium go into the catalytic converters of um, to, to deal with the environmental issues and, and mitigate the harmful effects of the exhaust. And with reduced sales, what has we've seen over the last little while has been a reduced spot price of palladium that I think to some degree has been factored into the the share price as well. So what we've, we've been very fortunate in that we've got a very robust treasury and we've been able to take a very disciplined approach and execute a plan to add value by increasing the uh, the endowment and and, and um, getting that drilling done and, and finding uh, discoveries on uh, on two continents so the strategy for Finland is is very clearly to define a credible mining scenario right now for an investor to look at the, the, the company pre pea there's no cash flow analysis that uh, that we can offer the market so there's a little bit of thumb sucking that needs to happen, right? I'm going to pay so many dollars per ounce to value this situation. And, you know, I use gold as a proxy. You know, you see gold companies trading $1,500 an ounce. Maybe something in that range makes sense. I don't know for, for the investors to decide what the number should be. But we, once we believe we have the critical mass, then moving to a PEA is going to allow investors to look at a net present value analysis and take a better view of value on the company. So we're really driving towards that position as quickly as we can, coupled with, because we're only focused on a very small part of the, of the property package, we need to continually look at the regional exploration upside and how large this thing could actually be. It's kind so of it's a bit of a yeah, it, 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 it is. You are hampered by the fact that not, not many people understand this this package of commodities, PGEs, right? And you you, you trying to frame it um, <clears throat> uh, in, in language that people understand. You're doing that, and so, so are a lot of people in, in the PGA space, and we've we've had them on the show, and that, that it just must be frustrating as anything because people aren't getting it right so it, what what else can you, what else can you do what what other, what other language uh, can you you know can you can you use or is it just quite frankly if we put some numbers on this thing we feel very strongly that people will understand the economics or start to understand the economics well i, I think it's certainly there's no frustration because it is an area where people just aren't focused it's, it's more difficult there's more education needed to get people up to speed in the pge world you know you think a global mine production of platinum is only about six million ounces a year pre-covid but on palladium it's only about seven million ounces pre-covid 90 percent of that is a byproduct of other mining activities whether that be nickel or platinum so you know it's not it's not a very big market you have to explain that to them and you also have to educate with regards to the sourcing you know you have 80 percent of palladium coming from Russia and South Africa to what I call, you know, higher risk jurisdictions and something like the EU where we are with, in Finland. So the, the educational aspect of it and talking about, well, are you aware of the environmental situation in, uh, in Russia? Are you aware of the power issues and the lack of reinvestment in, in South Africa? Well, the world needs it. There's a reason palladium is on the, the critical uh, metals list for so many uh, countries, right? It, it's needed. So if these two jurisdictions have a bit of a hiccup or one has a bit of a hiccup, where's the metal coming from? We need another source. 
And what we have is actually a deposit where the primary metal is palladium, right? And PGs generally. So I think we're in a very good position, but there's an educational aspect that we have to go through with investors just to get them comfortable on the space. And we also talk about the fact that we've seen South African companies, platinum companies, diversifying their jurisdictional risk by investing outside of South Africa. You know, we saw Impala bought North, buy North American uh, Palladium. We saw uh, Sabanye buying Stillwater. You know, there's, there's a bit of consolidation that's gone on as well. So, you know, we need to go through that education and, and make sure people understand what the market is because they're not naturally inclined to look at it. And then we need to also do the work associated with our project, which is doing the work properly, you know, getting the discovery, making sure it's, it's, it's robust and moving it along the project development path. Right, which was which is fairly conventional um, approach, and and perhaps in this space it, it absolutely needs to be. But I just come back to your your game plan here, because as you've outlined that the market there's a there's a few big players, right? There's a few big jurisdictions, a few big big players. Right, so steel water, everyone knows, and they're they're going around buying up a lot of um, green commodities at at the moment globally. Um, because of that. And you know you you are a pure pure play that's that, that that's great because of that. Do you need to have or do you, do you desire to have a shorter time horizon than perhaps you other would otherwise would? Because if if I'm talking to a typical Canadian company, or we're going to drill to the edge of the envelope, we're going to see the size of this thing, and we're going to you know take take our time to kind of work out the, the and build up the value of this thing. Given the nature of Platinum palladium um, uh, so pl- uh, in, in in this market, it's you've got short windows. Prices are good at the moment. They may not be like this forever. Do you have to kind of rush through the process, get the get the studies done quickly, give people a sense of the economics, and then leave something on the table for the next guy and get out? Well, it's a balancing act for any CEO, and especially in in the context of a junior mining company. So you can spend a lot of time building out a huge resource that's going to have you know, incredibly large throughput. But what you're really doing is you're building yourself a big capital wall that you're going to have to jump across. And there's a lot of examples of companies out there that have tremendously large resources and they've been hung for years because there's no credible path for the entity to build that project. So the balancing act is to find something that is of sufficient scale to give a long mind life is you know it's an incredible scenario while leaving some meat on the bone with regards to regional exploration and growth of the asset and it's you know it's a balance because you, you don't want to do all the drilling but you've got to do some of the drilling to communicate and give the, the buyer the interest in the thesis just as we've done over the last two years, it's just continuing the same thematic, but from a different starting point. Right, but you've, you've also, um, your job is also to create some competitive tension, right? If there's very few players in, in, in the space, that means there's, you know, and a few people you pick up the phone to or, or maybe, or, or inbound to you, however, however it works. Um, is that, does that make it harder? Do you, do you have to play it a different way in that? Because if, if I'm a gold guy, 
it's gold everywhere, right? There's always always gold bars, and there's periods where M and takes off. In fact, you know, now now it seems to be happening a lot. Here, given what you've learned or what you know about PGE, do you have to play it a certain way? Do you, how, how do you set yourself up to be attractive? You know, show a bit of ankle, as, as it were. Well, I think what we need to do as a company is de-risk the project in the eyes of a mining company. You know, that could be a potential buyer. So what we have going on right now is a very extensive metallurgical program. So unlike gold, where maybe you've got gold, you get a little bit of copper, it's pretty straightforward for, from a metallurgical standpoint. Well, in our case, you know, palladium, platinum, gold, cobalt, nickel, copper, it's a little bit more complicated, right? So extracting the maximum amount of value to prove that you've got the an economic deposit is absolutely paramount and that's why we're doing a very extensive program currently in order to tick that box on the uh, the de-risking and i think the the work effort that we're putting in now in, in my judgment i'll leave our, our metallurgists to uh, to, to tell me otherwise is is really trying to position ourselves well for a PE, pfs as opposed to just at a pea level right or even at a resource level so we're, we're you know we're doing going to be doing very testing over about uh, 18 or 19 different um, lithologies and grades in order to get a proper representation of the, the ore body. Unlike others that had this project in the past where the metallurgical work was done at an artificially high grade that wasn't representative of the ore body, we're saying, no, no, <laughs> let's do, build a master composite that actually is representative of this project. So I think that when that data comes out, it's going to be a big box being ticked. The next big issue, really, from my mind, apart from um, doing the, the PEA and, and the economic parameters, is okay. Permittability: Are you going? Are, are you able to permit an open pit mine in the EU or in Finland in particular? So we've already started that uh, process from the perspective of getting some of our baseline studies underway, building the permitting roadmap and looking for what might be uh, gating issues. Right. And so say, help me. I said at the beginning, I kind of need a little bit of help here. And I expect people listening to it will in terms of trying to understand what you've got in Finland. Okay. That you've got LK. I'm not even going to try and pronounce these. LK and KS we'll go with. Um, two, two projects there. So how much money has been spent today? How many meters have been drilled? And when you, when you talk about this, you know, um, well, the, the 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 disconnect between what the, the grades that it was being tested at and the assumptions being made then versus what you're trying to do now and give a more representative uh, set of numbers. Can you just tell us a little bit about each of those projects? Sure. Well, the KS project is a massive conolith or pipe or you know big garden hose that goes across the country, starts off at the uh, the Russian border and comes over into the Kalisma complex where our project, our LK project is. And it's the, the feeder of the, the magma flow. So it's, it's deeper, it's potentially, you know, very high grade massive sulfides and it sticks out on the gravity and the magnetic uh, geophysics work in, incredibly well on a regional scale, but it's a higher risk, higher reward situation. So from a risk mitigation perspective, we're not actually spending money on that project as I speak. We're, we're going after the low hanging fruit, which is on the adjoining LK project. And the LK deposition, if you imagine a big pancake coming through, the, you know, being deposited on the surface of the earth, coming through that, that garden hose, is what LK is all about. And it was broken up into a number of different large blocks and they were tilted up and eroded and things like that. 
But the base of those have been pushed to surface and that's really what our target is. So we've got 38 kilometers of this, this contact or basal contact as, as it's referred to or marginal series as well. Right, and so give me, give me, give me that span, the, the meters, and in, in terms of, I'm, I'm trying to explain, is it, is, is it a high grade, low grade situation? Again, you know, how do it, people look at PGE? Yeah, so KS is potentially ultra high grade. We just don't know at this point. There's only been one drill hole that even intersected this, uh, the, the Finnish Geological Survey did last year. LK is a lower grade, bulk tonnage situation, open pit that's at surface. The what we're looking at outcrops in Kakua, it's un, under only you know about nine ten meters of overburden in this other zone that we're looking at. But we have 38 kilometers of this contact zone. The whole zone has been reconnaissance drilled historically by the Finnish Geological Survey at Autocomp, and we have access to all that data. What we've done is we came in, we did geophysics to induce polarization because it's been proven to work and correlate very well in, in this type of setting and here specifically. We use that as a vectoring tool for the discovery at LK at the Kakua zone. Now, we're only talking about extensive drilling and resource definition drilling over about three kilometers of the 38 kilometer strike. Well, you know, when you, when you get into our presentation, perhaps on a subsequent call, you know, you'll know that just in that Kakua area, the anomaly is seven kilometers long. There's a lot more drilling to be done. And we've got other anomalies on other parts of the property. So, you know, 12 kilometers south of the, uh, the Kikua zone, we've got what is called the Hakiaho zone, where we published resource this past September. Lower grade bulk tonnage, one-to-one strip ratio. And it's in probably the largest blue sky trend on the property. It's 17 kilometers in one foul swoop of uh, contact. So how many, how many drills are turning? Uh, currently we're not, we're focused on the, uh, the metallurgical work and getting the, uh, the resource together. So we had a drill cutoff of uh, the end of September for purposes of the resource. So our efforts currently are all into uh, getting the resource done, the mineralogical work, the isoprobing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's kind of interesting because again, but part of the, the I guess the, the confusion or the, or the lack of knowledge on this is because you're 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 talking about you know copper, nickel, palladium, platinum, gold uh, in there. You know, it, it's it, it again, it's, it's it's difficult to help people understand how a company goes from you know chase, chase or what 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 you're chasing down and what what you should be. What what are they thinking about you? You know, are are you you're not a pure play palladium company because you, you kind of got, no by no by no means right. The the rock has all these things in it, and what you're trying to do is extract the maximum value of all these different uh, metals. So palladium is the dominant one from a revenue perspective is our expectation. But 50% of the revenue is, is palladium, platinum, and gold. The other 50% of revenue out of these, this rock is the cobalt, copper, and nickel. You can't say, I'm only going to do copper today, or I'm only going to do um, platinum today. It just doesn't work. So, so, if, so if I'm, if I'm doing, trying to do some analysis, I'm, I'm, I need to all of this, I'm coming in, you know, who are your peers? Who, who, who's doing it right? Because, you know, if, if, I, if I think of, you know, polymetallics who've done quite well, um, you know, Adriatic metals, I, you know, I would look to them, but where, who do you compare yourself to? 
you really got to look at the the PG space. So you know there aren't there aren't a lot of uh, players in the space right now. The obvious one right now that is trying to push towards development is uh, generation mining. That would be a good example. Uh, you you could look at clean air metals. It's different. They're looking at an underground uh, scenario. Um, and then there, you know there's a number of private companies. As I said. Uh, North American Palladium was uh, was acquired fairly uh, fairly recently. There's another large PG project in Finland called Suhanko, about 80 kilometers to our west. But there just aren't a lot of players, you know, in what I'll call the the, the tier one jurisdictions. If you want to go into South Africa, yeah, there, there's there's a lot more Palladium being uh, produced. As I said, it's a byproduct uh, of the primary metal being platinum. But, you know, we really don't look at that as an investable uh, jurisdiction. Okay, so you, so no trolling at the moment. You're doing, the, you're doing the met work on this and imminent resource update and then PEA to a PFS standard seems to be um, what I'm hearing. Um, do, you, do you envisage doing more trolling this year? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, we're going to want to do uh, more drilling. There are some uh, zones in the existing resource envelope that were that we thought were, were we thought we had faults faulting going on. It turns out to be dikes. So there's some, some additional tons to be done there. There's some hydrological drilling we want to do. Some uh, uh, you know basically drilling to de-risk the pit slope design. Right. Okay. And so that's good. And have you allocated a budget? Have you given any guidance as to you know what 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 you're going to be spending on that? We haven't given any guidance at uh, this point in time. We're waiting for the uh, the resource. We want to get through this period before we guide the market uh, too much. What you know, if you look at our um, September 30th cash balance and add the uh, the financing we did in uh, in December, that would pro forma give us about 18 million in cash. Realistically, there's a burn rate, so I think your you know your audience should think that we're probably closer at year end to about 15 million dollars in uh, in cash. And you know we were very fortunate that that financing we did in uh, in December, you know that was at a 52% premium to uh, to market, and it all went to uh, one uh, precious metal fund. Okay, and and are they named? They are not named. No. Okay. Okay. Someone someone's came. Is that European? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so okay, right. So let's let's bounce over to Tyco in 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 Canada there in, in terms of plans plans for that because I said it's a little bit earlier in, in the process. So again, what do you how much what, what time effort money uh, being spent there this year? So we have about five million dollars allocated for Tyco this year. We you know as I said we had a fantastic discovery last year about ten percent nickel at surface. We've traced that in this one zone called Smoke Lake over four hundred and thirty meters. But quite frankly, we've run out of uh, drill the pad locations that have been permitted. So we can go to the same pads that have been permitted and drill the same stuff. So we don't want to do that. So we've submitted an application so we can go outside of that zone. That's still sitting with the government. We should have the permits already. We don't. So we're, we're continuing to work on that one. But not only that, we did a very extensive uh, geophysics program across the entire property last year. And we have a few multi-line EM anomalies. And we also went out last year and we did soils, just like we did at Smoke Lake to vector us into the right area to drill. We did soil sampling and we got some extremely high 
values of copper and nickel in the soils and actually some very interesting cobalt values as well, especially at the bulldozer anomalies, both north and south. So we, you know, we've got separate drill permit applications in for each of these multi-line anomaly zones. We want to drill those as, as quickly as we can. And we're currently drilling or building a, a winter camp in order to uh, be ready as soon as that uh, permit lands. It's interesting. I think uh, you know nickel sulfide is very um, topical. Last year, a couple of acquisitions uh, in the space uh, as well. So with the, we talked earlier about the potential of a spin out. It's a bit early because you want to have a bit more data, um, you know, for, for any sort of JV type conversations or spin out conversations that you may want to have. Um, five million is probably not going to be enough, is it? It's going to be enough for the first pass at each of the. The areas and the results of that will will tell us where we're going to go. Okay, okay. So, the, but we shouldn't expect to see too much this year in terms of that the decision making for what you, what you do with that. It's, it's build up the value as best you can, build up the understanding with with, with the data, uh, which is moving forward to the next phase of decision making, which is either go raise some money or maybe bring someone else in. Well, exactly. You know, you, you can't control the, the timing of a buyer. So, you know, you just got to keep working it and, and, and making it better. Certainly when we had the discovery, we got on the radar of a lot of very large companies, a lot of inbound calls and wanting to have access. And, and, you know, some of the conversations were with regards to getting involved with the project on ways that we didn't think were appropriate. And we've had other situations where people have approached us and said, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to acquire it. Here's here, here's some uh, stock in my uh, microcap junior. So, you know, at some point in time, the, the right situation is going to uh, to occur. And, you know, we're obviously going to try and create it as well. But in the meantime, let's uh, grow the resources, test the targets, and see if we can uh, drive some significant value. Because personally, I don't see that we have a lot of Tyco valuation in our share price. You know, we trade very much aligned to the precious metal uh, stocks and the GDXJ itself. But um, so I, there's not a lot of value there. And I think we need to, uh, you know, find the right path to daylight uh, what we have at Tyco. And so who else is in and around that? Because obviously nickel copper, obviously ever so popular. And Ontario, you know, good province for for mining, uh, you know, exploration. Are there any names in, operating in and around you that we might be aware of? With regards to... Well, uh, well the, these, these kind of ultra-mafic uh, um, deposits tend to, you know, cover wide areas. And I just wondered if anyone else was in, in there digging and poking around, doing the same as you. Yeah, we're in an atypical uh, terrain. It's a, a big batholith. So it was a metasedimentary belt that was intruded. And we've got the entire bulldozer intrusion in our property package. It's about 25,000 hectares in size. So there are a number of companies that once we had our press releases going out, they staked around us and we've been encircled to, uh, to some degree. But nobody is, is uh, that I'm aware is active as we are in the immediate proximity. We're just south of 30, 50 kilometers of the old GECO mine, if people are familiar with that, or about 55 kilometers northeast of a Marathon, uh, Ontario, where uh, generation mining is. So, you know, and uh, Hemlo's not too far away, nor is uh, Hart Gold. So it's an interesting little area, but as you point out, nickel sulfides are rare. Uh, they're not everywhere. And 
and um, there, ju there just isn't enough inventory out there of projects for investors to look at. And given the grades that we've demonstrated, uh, you know, we're pretty happy where we are with this project. Yeah, they're, they're, they're interesting, actually, because the, the sulfides do tend to attract the, 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 the big boys. So it's not just about, you know, high grading uh, or sorry, high grade uh, headlines. It's, a, it's about, you know, contained, amount of contained methyl in there that attracts people. And this is a sort of, you know, copper nickel story. It, it, I, I guess it's going to get everyone's attention if you can do more drilling. I noticed that it's actually very shallow drilling, too. Yeah, it actually goes to surface. So it's, it's smoke light. If you're looking at the presentation, that bit of a bullseye, yeah, that's that surface. Okay, that's got to help with the costs. Uh, has, has there been much drilling um, there before? I mean, before you guys? No, no, there, there was zero drilling there before. Quite frankly, we were uh, focused on, uh, on Finland, but in order to maintain the property, you need to do a minimum amount of spending each year. So the first year we had it, we hit the minimum, which was a big 20,000 Canadian dollars. The second, and we had fantastic results from a soil serving in and around uh, Smoke Lake. The next year we spent $50,000 and had you know, spectacular soil results similar to what we're seeing now uh, on these other anomalies that, we, that I talked about earlier. And from then we um, you know, came into COVID and said, hey, you know, let's go drill, um, raise some money and uh, apply for permits and drilled as quickly as we could. So, and and where, whereabouts are you? I mean, in terms of infrastructure, I guess is where I'm going. To, well, I, you know, if, if, I, if I look at the Noront deal with uh, BHP and Wiley, I guess it doesn't matter, but if you get the scale, but where, where are you? So for, from an infrastructure perspective, we've got good road access on both the east and west sides of the property. But you're talking, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away from town, depending on, uh, you know, if it's winter or spring, that, that type of thing. So you know, there isn't a lot of infrastructure other than the logging roads. Fortunately, the property has been logged in the last couple uh, decades, and those logging roads are intact and serviceable, which is allowing us to get in. But we're building a camp simply because, you know, you lose too many hours in the day if you're driving people back and forth an hour and a half each way. Yeah, for, 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 for sure. Um, well, like, I, like Doug, I think let, let, let's kind of call a halt to this now. I, I would very much like if you can, can come back in and maybe we'll dig down on some of those uh, areas that we've kind of signposted uh, today and maybe get into a little bit more technical analysis um, with you on, in, in, in Finland and, um, and, and clearly as things progress with, you know, Taika, I'd love to know more about that too. I think it's a, an area I quite like. Um, so appreciate your time today um, and, and uh, get, good luck with this year. Well, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure talking to you and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, our next chat.